in the beginning of this year, I shared a, a word for our church, and I, I thought it was a, a, a good word for us particularly, but also I think it's just a good word for the body of Christ as well. But as far as my heart and things that I'm actually uh, pouring into to help create uh, here, uh, I shared a list of different words that I felt were key uh, to the church in 2020, moving in the direction that we're moving in. And one of the words that I shared was, I believe we are to be a listening church. I believe listening is extremely important for the church today, uh, our church and the body of Christ uh, as a whole. Uh, it may sound very simple, but we all know listening's not easy. Uh, but I, I really feel like it's key to be a listening church, to be a people that listen. Um, and so I, I went through and I shared a bunch of words and just little parts from each of them. But I, I want to take time uh, today to break down a little more the importance of listening. And I'm actually going to probably divide this, this message into two parts because I didn't want to rush through it because I, I felt just there was a way to value uh, to this. And so uh, I, I want to challenge you uh, this morning to listen, <laughs> listen well. I want to start off in Deuteronomy, the sixth chapter, verses four through five. Deuteronomy six, four, and five. Hear, O Israel. The Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. This prayer, this prayer is called the Great Shema. The Great Shema. This is the prayer that formed the centerpiece of Jewish prayer. The word Shema is the word that starts this prayer off here. Also translated as listen. But it also has another word that it is used interchangeably uh, throughout Old Testament and Hebrew writing, and that is obey. There's not a different word for hearing and obeying in the Hebrew language. They're the same word. This word means to pay attention to something or to focus on something. It's listening that leads to action responding to what you hear. Listening and doing in the Hebrew language are two sides of the same coin. And so as I'm taking time to share the importance and the value of listening, I, I think it's key for us to understand the context of where this word is coming from because 
understanding the context of the word, it really puts a lot of other passages uh, in its rightful place where you can understand what is actually being said because there's a deeper meaning to actually listening. And it's not just, yeah, I, I heard what you said. It's something deeper in what is actually taking place inside of you. So God is giving commandments and he's sharing uh, promises and blessings and giving direction to Israel. And we find that there are multiple times in several places where the prophet would say to Israel, you have ears, but you are not listening. <laughs> You're not listening. You don't Shema. You're not obeying what God has told you. This is that understanding of having ears to hear, but not listening. You're, you're, you're hearing, but you're not activated in what is actually being said inside of you. And so we find in 1 Kings, the third chapter, I want to start with verse 5. This is where God visits Solomon in a dream. He's taking over the kingdom from his father who uh, recently passed on, King David. And Solomon is starting his reign over Israel. And it says in verse 5, The night the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream, and God said, What do you want? Ask, and I will give it to you. And Solomon's response was, give me an understanding and a listening heart. He's asking for Shema. Solomon is asking for Shema, a heart that Shema. A heart that understands and listens and acts. He's asking for this. And it says that I, I, want, I need this in order for me to govern your people. To govern them well and to know the difference between right and wrong. For who by himself is able to govern this great people of yours? The Lord was pleased that Solomon had asked for wisdom. Now, it's interesting because we all come to that understanding that I've heard this story before that, you know, Solomon didn't ask for riches. He didn't ask for wealth. He didn't ask for the defeat of his enemies, that he asked for wisdom. But actually what he asked for was a listening heart. And God said, oh, you are asking for wisdom. There is a connection between being wise and having the ability to listen well. A person that doesn't listen guarantee they're not a wise person. The Lord was pleased as Solomon asked for wisdom. So God replied, because you have asked for wisdom in governing my people with justice, 
and have not asked for a long life or wealth or the death of your enemies, I will give you what you asked for. I will give you a wise and understanding, a listening heart. Solomon was wise because Solomon was able to listen to the people. His wisdom that traveled across seas and people are hearing, you know, how amazing this king of Israel is, it comes down to he was able to listen to the people. Listening is a spiritual discipline that takes practice. Don't we like that? Don't we like discipline? Don't we love practicing? <laughs> the Bible talks about listening around 1,500 times. Probably is a pretty important subject. I want to talk today, and I, I, I'm, I'm wanting to lay a foundation. I want to talk today about the importance of listening to the voice of God. There's all kind of voices and there are all types of things that we should and need to listen to. And I'm going to cover uh, more of the others next week. But to lay this foundation today, I, I want to talk about the importance and the value of listening to the voice of God. And to deal with this, I think it's important to just come out and say that God is still talking. He's still speaking. He's actually always speaking. His words come and they're expressed in several different ways. And there's times where you could look at a sunset and realize God is speaking in his beauty. And you can look into things of nature and find God declaring his glory and something is being said about the nature, character, and kindness of God that we find around us. He's speaking all the time, but he also speaks in specific ways that you and I can understand for ourselves. The Gospel of Matthew chapter 4 Verses 1 through 4 says, Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. This is after his baptism with John the Baptist in Jor at the Jordan River. It says that Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted there by the devil. And for 40 days and 40 nights he fasted and became very hungry. And during that time, the devil came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become loaves of bread. But Jesus told him, No. The scriptures say, People do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Jesus was establishing something in the spirit and in his heart because the reality is the enemy is always challenging, fighting, coming up against us, but he seems to show up 
the most when we're at our weakest points, when we are hungry, angry, lonely, tired. You find that in these places, when you are entering into a time where you are experiencing these type of feelings in your life, Anybody just been in a place where you were just really, really hungry, that you became angry? Oh, yeah, they're creating words for this. Angry. Just like you're so hungry. Well, we, we, we read it in the scriptures, and we find people do dumb things when they're really hungry. <laughs> they're willing to give up a whole lot for a small meal. We have snicker commercials that show that you're just not yourself when you're hungry. But maybe, you know, that hasn't been too big of a problem for us because we are a prosperous people. We know that, well, I may be hungry now, but shortly I'll eat. And so we endure. Have you ever been lonely? <laughs> and felt like there was no one who understood you. There was no one who could connect with you on a deep heart level. Even though you have people around you, have you ever felt lonely? <laughs> yeah. It's in those moments when we are vulnerable through extended times of feeling lonely that we can make really bad decisions. Being tired. Going and experiencing the things in life that just wear you out. And you could try to fill in and replace when I'm hungry, I eat. When I'm angry, I react in anger. When I'm lonely, I find someone to bring me comfort or something to bring me comfort. When I'm tired, I'm doing what you could fill in whatever blank you experience in those moments. The reality is you'll be hungry again. You most likely are dealing with an anger problem. You're going to feel lonely again. And you're still not going to find rest. The thing that we need and we were designed and we were wired for was to be in a place where we are receiving a constant word from the presence of God that speaks to our hearts. Man should not live by bread alone or comfort from a, a person or a vice or you can't live by that, but you, you have to live by every word that's coming out of God. It's not living off of the word that you received a few years back. 
but by the word that is coming out of God to you right now, this is what you live by. And this is the challenge because God is always speaking, but I, I counsel and I talk to so many people who, who say, but I can't hear him. Oftentimes, we don't hear because we're already filled with a bunch of noise. We live in a world that is filled with noise. There's a constant chatter going across the airwaves, constant. And, and sometimes it's from the outside. There's a lot of noise from the outside. It's like we can't find peace. We can't find a place where we could end the noise. And, and sometimes we finally get away from all of the noise and all of the drama and all of the people out there. And we close ourselves off. And, and the next thing you know, it's noisy in here. <laughs> to get away from all the noise that's in here. Well, if we could just find a way to numb it or silence it and, but it's still there. And, and this has been a place this last year or two is, has been a place where I've, I've been striving to enter into the rest. <laughs> You know, it's, it's like you, you, you fight to enter into this place where you find peace and rest. I'm finding that it's in this place, and we, we sung about it today. Be still and know. I found this prayer that, that, that helped me personally find a place and a space for quietness. We, we know, you know, be still and know that the Lord is God. You know, be still and know. <laughs> and it's like you, you, you go in reverse, be still and know that I am God. Be still and know I am. Be still and know. Be still then just be. And, and as I find space and time to just center my heart with that prayer, I, it's just I, I go all the way from knowing God to knowing then to just being. And sitting in silence. It's not easy to sit in silence when there's a bunch of noise everywhere. The most challenging time I remember when Mia and I worked in residential treatment centers and group homes, one of the most difficult times was when the residents that we worked with had to leave the, the group and go to their room for downtime. At night, yeah, you had your challenges, but most of them were on some type of medication in the evening, you, you have your, after dinner, you have your meds, and so you get your meds, and a lot of that help people wind down for bed. But in the middle of the day, especially in the summer, where you have long days, and you have to have a break, we all needed a break. <laughs> 
we all needed a break. And so it's like, hey, we're just an hour of just getting alone by yourself, just unwinding, was one of the most difficult hours. Because when I'm wide awake and I'm in a place where there's just quietness, that's where all of the noise in here starts to get louder. And sometimes the noise that's in here is louder than the noise that's out there. And so it's like, don't, don't make me get quiet. <laughs> don't, don't make me get And we find that we, we get so busy with our lives because we're trying to stay occupied and stay busy and doing and, and have music in the background or talking to someone or, or doing something. And, and we have all of these vices and technology now that keep us so charged up, you know. And I think sometimes it's so that we don't have to deal with the silence and the noise that starts to get turned on in here and in here. And the thing that I'm learning, I'm, I'm saying I'm learning this, is that silence comes in times when I'm able to be present. This very moment right now is sacred, this moment here. Because what, I, what I'm realizing, most of the noise that, that causes the anxiety, most of the noise that brings us into those places of needing to try to escape, is either noise from our past <laughs> that's been hounding us, noise from regret and disappointment, and loss and, and all those things from our past, those things seem to just crowd us. Or our anxiety for what hasn't happened yet or for the future or what might happen or, or what's going and, and, I, and I don't know how I'm going to handle this. We're either being pulled in one direction or the other and it's just noisy. But if I could try to ground myself to the present right here right now this is the day that the lord has made i will choose to rejoice and be glad today and sometimes it's so noisy it's like this is the hour that the lord has made this hour right here these next couple of minutes, these next couple of minutes, these are the minutes that the Lord has made. I'm going to choose right here in this minute to be present. And there's something about bringing all of yourself to this place of being present right here that silences the noise. It's gone. And it's in those moments that, like, God, I hear your voice. <laughs> it's like his voice has always been there, but it's been so much noise. And it's in this moment now, it's like, I hear you. <laughs> You're here. You silence all my fear. I don't have to be afraid because you're right here. 
And so Jesus, in this moment where he's weak, it's like, I have to depend on every word that comes out of the mouth of God because that's where I, my sanity is right here. My peace is right here. My rest is right here in this present moment. We find the exhortation from the Apostle Paul in the book of Romans, 10th chapter, verse 17, and this may be uh, familiar. This is definitely one of those bumper sticker or T-shirt verses. Um, very familiar that sometimes we just don't even look into it. So uh, faith comes. How does faith come? It comes from hearing. In hearing through the word of Christ. Faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. This word hearing, again, is Shema. It is, it's, a, it's a deeper listening than just, uh, you know, sound waves entered into my ear. But there's a deeper listening in the context of this 10th chapter Paul is writing about hearing and obeying the gospel. As you read a few verses up, this is in the context of hearing and obeying the gospel. Have you ever thought about the gospel as being something that needs to be obeyed? <laughs> the gospel needs to be Obeyed. Well, you're like, well, the, the gospel is good news. Yeah, it is wonderful news. Excellent news. And you may say, well, the gospel is the, the story of the, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. That is good news as well. But this is what we find. Jesus went around speaking and teaching on the good news of the gospel of the kingdom well before he was put to death. He was sharing the gospel before he went to the cross. So the news just keeps getting better. <laughs> but what was the good news that Jesus was sharing? What was the gospel that Jesus was speaking on. <laughs> His word was this. This is good news. Everyone receives love. Everyone always. Everyone always receives love. Especially, especially the least. Especially those that are pushed down by society and on the bottom. Especially them. If the love of God does not start there, it doesn't go anywhere else. It's the love. The love of God is not poured down from the top and hopefully will drip and make its way down to the, the utter bottom rungs of, that's not how the love of God operates. 
The love of God starts from the bottom and it bubbles up everywhere else. To obey the gospel is to extend love to everyone always. A new commandment I give you, love one another. This is a command. This is, this is the good news of the gospel is love goes, but you're the carrier of that good news. How beautiful are the feet. All of this is in that 10th chapter of Romans as you read it in context. It is faith comes by hearing and, and hearing by the word of Christ. If, you, if your faith needs activated, it needs to be activated by the word of Christ. Love everyone always. I want to end with the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 22. We have, in verse 36, this conversation that Jesus is having. He's being asked questions. He's being tested. And this comes back to where we started with the great Shema, this prayer. Most important, 36. Teacher, which is the most important commandment in the law of Moses? And Jesus' response was, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. This is the great Shema. Hear, O Israel, the Lord God is one. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, all of your soul, all of your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. A second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. The entire law and all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commandments. So we find Jesus connecting the great Shema and expanding it. This is like Shema 2.0. Yeah, love, hear this, hear, and love, God. Now he brings in the second. It's equally as important as loving God. And that's to love your neighbor as yourself. Bonhoeffer, German theologian, wrote, just as love to God begins with Listening to his word. So the beginning of love for others is learning to listen to them. The beginning of the Shema is here, here. Hear from God. You start showing your love for God by listening to him. And now Jesus is bringing in another that's equally love neighbor. And it begins by the ability to listen to others. I want to share next week what happens when we actually create that space to be present 
to the people around us to be able to listen to people well. Every wife this morning is like, this is a good word. I'm going to make sure my husband is in a seat next week. (laughs) To learn how to listen well is the beginning place for love. And so next week we'll pick that up. Let's stand together. Father, we are grateful for every sacred moment in sacred space. There is so much noise that is out there, and and sometimes, Father, we we come even on Sundays to to be in worship and to, to be in this type of environment to silence some of the noise that's out there. And I thank you for these sacred spaces to be able to have that. But we all don't live in this building. As we leave from here, we're all going in different directions. Some of us may be returning to very difficult situations. This week coming up, there may be things that we need to deal with that are really hard, God, and some of us are afraid. I ask that as we leave from this space today, may we walk in the reality and the revelation that you are with us always, that you are our strong tower that we run into. Help us navigate, God, a noisy world. Help us navigate it by carving out sacred spaces to be present, to listen and to hear you. And not just listen, but let it move us to action and change us. So we thank you, and it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Have a great week.